Hey, Jamie, I've got a question for you. What do you want, Tom? Who's on the podcast this coming Friday? Oh, is it someone big? Boy. Is uh, it a big one? Shall I bother listening this week? Yeah. If I was going to say uh, take. And I would say off no, your trousers. No, no. Take. Me out. No, take. Paddy McGuinness. No, take. Take on me. Take that. Wow. Have a little patience. But hang on, presumably you've only, you haven't got all three of them, have you? Presumably you've just got one of them. Buddy, we have all three of them on the podcast. They've released a new album. It's coming out. They're going on tour. They talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, on everything that happened in Take the That. The ins, the outs. And they reveal it all this Friday. Exclusively. On Private Parts. That's a big one. I'm going to listen to that. Alright, hello, welcome to the Whole Truth Podcast with myself, Jordan Stevens, and I'm now joined by Greg James, actual Radio 1 presenter. How are you? I'm good, mate. Um, we're probably mates. We're mates? Definitely. Yeah, we're mates. Yes. Alright, yeah, cool. I'll just, just double checking. Yeah. Although you didn't really remember the last time I saw you. No, because, I, because well, mm. it's all in one beautiful blend of just life. Greg James imagery. Oh, fine. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And you know, just listening to the show makes you feel like you're my friend. Oh. And like, yeah, sure, yeah. All, the, all the listeners are friends. Totally. <laughs> well, listen, you're looking well, mate. You're looking well and, Thanks. and you're glowing, I think. I've had two, I had two weeks off and I remembered how much I like sleeping, right. how much I like staying up late drinking, and how much I like sort of having a lie-in. Really? And then I I feel like... All things that you have, of course, part, sacrificed. Yeah, partly ruined my life by doing the breakfast show. <laughs> but it is, it is a fun... When you're there, it's fun. Getting there is a nightmare sometimes. Just get that, that 10 to 5 alarm clock, you go, why? Why have I done why? this? Why? I think I, I think I think that every day. Oh, you know what, man? But then, then at six thirty when I'm on, I'm like, okay, it's the best job in the world. Well, just I love getting up at five to ten to five. No, you don't. I genuinely do. Well, I do, do it. Do you go for a out swim of or choice? <laughs> um, no, I've kind of believed that that's like the golden hour. But, but I, I, I am now wondering whether or not I would prefer to stay up late. It's just I've I as I get older, even though. You know, I'm still very young. It's, it's, I, <laughs> <laughs> that, you sound like me when I say that, and then I have to cover my back when the bosses are like, well, "How, how old is he now? Be, not, <laughs> is it, how, how old are you?" No, it's like it's just it's just I've been experimenting a lot with different. Di I just I just like periods of the day where there's kind of quiet or a feeling of l like no pressure. Mm. But like I live near two pubs, so like even mm. one or two in the morning is a bit like I, I'm aware people are not. Are do they're doing things. Whereas if I get up at five, there's five to six thirty, as you know, is kind of like almost the quietest I think you can be. I think six is fine. I think there's something weird about seeing your alarm go off in the hour of four and you're like, nah, this oh, is four fifty five. It actually has four in it. Four fifty. But four forty four is 
why Jay Z made his most recent album. <laughs> so. All right, so for, from tomorrow, my alarm will be four forty-four. That's in what your, it should do in your honor, and it'll man, it'll cheer me up every day. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I feel like I'm moaning about my job. This is a job I wanted to have forever. Yeah. And I love it. And, and I'm actually, I'm actually pleased that I, I've got it a bit later in my Radio One career. Well, as a 25 year old. <laughs> yeah. As a 25, as a 33 year old looking 25 year old. Right. Um, I'm pleased to have got it now because I feel like I've got a bit more life stuff in my brain. Uh, and almost also, certainly. Yeah, but also I know I've done like, I've done a lot of getting pissed in my 20s. Yeah. On weeknights and stuff and I'm, I'm sort of a little bit over it. Yeah. But I'd still quite like to do a bit more. Well, later. my friend said, my friend, because I'm so, I've been sober for like a year and four months now um it's good going that yeah do you feel better yeah i'm not I, i'm not too i'm not like i don't know i'm not like you're like never again yeah. it's just i at the moment i'm in a blissful phase where i actually yeah. have no interest in returning to the game as it were but my mate says <laughs> he's he was just like i asked him about it and i said oh yeah you know i don't really go out as much as i used to because i don't drink so much and he was like oh yeah yeah me neither and i was like He's like, well, if you ever want to talk about it, and I was like, all right, like, well, how do you feel about it? He goes, well, I just completed the game, didn't I? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I was like, the I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I just did it. I've done it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've I won. I did the game. I, I, I spent a lot of nights in, you know, unfortunate situations and you know, mm. great stories, and I've done now, which was not a nice, definitive thing. I have a little voice in the back of my mind, which is like. <laughs> I think it's well for me Bella my wife who I got married to last year congratulations is a, thank you you guys are, are lol on Instagram she well she's she's a very funny lady mm. um, she she she's a writer so she she tends to write better at night and sort uh-huh. of comes alive in the afternoon in the evening in the night time and that was quite a hard thing because she's up until about one or two and I have to sort of creep upstairs to bed at 9pm at 9 yeah like, see you tomorrow I'm like can you tuck me in you know that it's, is, that, yeah, it's that it's that kind tough, of thing yeah. and she's like I'm not your fucking mum <laughs> 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 so um, it, that's been a weird adjustment but you know doing the breakfast show is not forever and I think you just I just gotta go for it while I've no, got no I think you know? it is forever that's what I heard <laughs> <laughs> the, the eye bags are forever. I heard it's yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> it is forever. Well, it is great. Listen, and, and you know, like the the impression you make on genuinely the nation. That's it's quite a, a lot of responsibility going on there. That's. I think that's the most fun thing about it is that that time of day you've got you have got people at their most vulnerable, and you know, talking about mental health. That is when you are most susceptible to feeling sad. Like the one that one thing in your morning could really set you off for the whole day. The whole day. And as long as that thing is good, and that's sort of our motto on the show, which is let's do something stupid, let's do something funny, let's play a funny clip, or, you know, we found a funny bit from, found a funny caller from the day before. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah, try yeah. and pack that show with as much... It's like joyful is too much of a twee word, but it, we, we like it to be joyful, that show. Yeah. Without it being, as I said, twee or lame, you want it to, yeah. you know, have something about it. But it's definitely, um, it's supposed to be a positive place. Yeah, to, of course, to, to be in the morning. Well, it's a lot. That first drive is a lot, or walk, or <laughs> it's yeah. Um, other than for if you if you've been awake for an hour already, like me. <laughs> yes, mug. I'm ready. But by six thirty, you're just sort of. You're I'm wind- ready, mate. You're winding down. If Walk anything. the dog already. You know <laughs> he's, what I mean. Second breakfast. <laughs> he's um, ready for bed. You did touch on something with 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 your age and placement in life, which mm. I really want to get onto. Yeah. Um, but before that, I have to ask a, a question that I think is synonymous with all mental health podcasts, which is mm. a genuine and. and um, I don't know how else, what other word to describe it as, but just asking you how you are. 
How are you? I am genuinely. Well. I genuinely am feeling sort of mentally stronger than I have done maybe ever, I think. But that's probably because I'm better at talking about it and I am much better at leaning on the people around me when I'm feeling uh, a bit unstable. Mm. So I think stronger than ever because I feel like I've got more of a hold on it and I know how to catch it before I... I like before, the before I leaning. Descend. Yeah. Why is he leaning? Leaning on someone. So I lean on Bella if I'm just saying I'm... I'm finding this very hard to cope with. Uh-huh. And it's no, it's actually normally workload plus tiredness and then a real anxiety around not spending enough time with the people closest to me because yeah. of the work things. And I think that's a very universal feeling. It's probably a very sort of 2019 feeling of like you're so overrun with things and there's so much stuff going on that you sometimes forget about spending time with the people that are most special to you. And you think, well, they'll always be there. And then actually my mum got ill quite recently and that just threw me off. And I was like, fuck, why am I doing, why am I doing that? I shouldn't, yeah, should why, be, that's not what I should be worrying. I should be, go, I should <coughs> be spending time with mum and I should sort of cancel a few things and whatever. So hard that, though, man. Really hard because you, and also then I've got to go and be fun every day on the radio. And um, I suppose in any job you've got to perform, haven't that's you? That's hard. So you, you have to then at 6.30 after I've spent a long time with dad or mum on the phone the night before, You've got to forget about that for a little bit. And so all of those things, they're just life things, but they are hard to deal with. But I'm much better at talking about them. I mean, I wouldn't have talked about them on a podcast yeah. four or five years ago. And I think people have, I think we've all come a long way. That's incredible, though. That mm. is, you know, to, to put it like that, in, you have a responsibility to be bubbly every mm. morning, mate. But that's why I think it's also important that I say that that isn't me all the time. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's not... Any performer, any time, or anybody, any time, all the time. You're, you're not. No one is one thing. I think is another really important point. And I said on Radio One maybe three or four months ago that I'd had a panic attack. Yeah. That week, and that's no. I would never have said that four or five years ago. And the amount of people that then messaged in and contacted me on Instagram and stuff to say, I God, I would never have thought that you'd be suffering from that stuff. I have this, or my mate has this, or my girlfriend has this. And it just does open up the conversation. And that and opening up the conversation has become, you know, a bit of a, a buzz a buzz phrase, isn't it, at the minute? But it's very, very important. It though. is a buzz phrase, but I think it is in response to a genuine social shift. I think we've mm. got, I think we're competing with like an incredibly rapid evolution in technology and in yeah. and interacting, you know, the network that we exist in. Sometimes when people say, uh, you know, there's there's been conversations suggesting that with the amount of labels getting thrown around and, you know, anxiety, this and depression, that, you know, maybe you're even manifesting these 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 uh, feelings. But I, I, I strongly oppose that view on the basis that I feel we're so close to our existence mm. that we don't step out and go, no, actually, I think I think if, if you really look at what everyone is competing with every day, it's a miracle People are like this True. just constantly, yeah, it's, the entire they're, they're, time. It's too much. Like, <laughs> it is, especially for in the city. The world is probably too much. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you have to, you have to find ways of turning it down and turning it off. So what, every now and then, did you did you know you were going to need to put up? I, I got a couple of questions. So yeah, yeah. firstly, did you know you needed to manage your mental well being going into the job, or did you find that out through an experience and? What was it that led to your panic attack? 
I I knew that I had to have my life in order in order to take on a job like this. Right. I think, and as as much as you can have your life in order. So I so Bella is a massive part of probably what, where I've had my development as a human in the last Amazing. three years or so, because it, it it's reminded me of having that grounding of a real life. And then you go off and do a job, which is not necessarily real life. It's very important to your life. And it, uh-huh. make, it gives me a lot of amazing things that I get to do. But my main thing that you return home, I just, I needed to have a home to return to. Not a literal home, but just like yeah. my best sort of five mates, Bella, mum and dad, my sister. And then, totally. and when that's, when that's there, you can kind of disappear off. But as long as you can return back to it. I think that was very important for me. So I sorted that out. And then I guess maybe it all came hand in hand, really, that Radio 1 saw that I was in a much better place and doing, therefore doing better work because it was, it was work and I was just throwing everything at it and yeah. feeling relaxed, therefore more creative and coming oh, up with better ideas right, right, and all the rest right. of it. And then actually better, being better on the radio and learning how to be better at that and not panicking about it as much and not letting that job just be the only thing that defined me, I guess, yeah. was, was quite important. Um, what was the other part of your question? And then, what the panic attack? I just think. Yeah, well, I think it was just a mixture of everything. Trying to do everything. Trying to make sure that that show stayed afloat and keep pushing it forward and saying yes to all the things that people are asking me to do. And Thank you. <laughs> no, no. I mean, this is something that I've wanted to do for a while, actually. Yeah, these are, but these sorts of podcasts are so important because you they hear people, people like Pro Green, you had Reggie on and all yeah. those sorts of big names talking about these things to their fan bases and there are a lot of people that would have not would not have thought that that Reggie would have gone through those things or that program would have you know you 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 will find that stuff about people that you interview yeah Um, so the panic attack was I think just a mixture of tiredness and feeling a bit overwhelmed and that job is overwhelming sometimes if you let it be overwhelming and I think when I'm when when people are tired, you're more susceptible to feeling sad and a bit displaced and like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. So it was that and mum not being very well and yeah, I mean that's that's and also lot. Bella is you know you, you, when you marry someone and when you love someone so deeply, you feel all of their so, things as well. And she she's done amazingly well with her work in the last few months, but she suffers quite badly with stuff. And you want to I want to make sure that I'm giving her enough time. And I sometimes don't feel like I am, and just all that stuff. Sometimes just, it's just, just stuff. emotionally. It just and sometimes comes you to just, a... I, I remember I just stood in the I stood in my bedroom and was like I I can't make a decision. I can't move. I I'm sort of paralysed with this thing. But then I just lay down uh, on the bed and was like this all this will pass, and it did. <laughs> I sort of called Bella and went, I think I'm ha- I don't want you to worry, but I yeah. think I'm having a panic attack and. Um, but it happens to a lot of people. Is that something she's dealt with? Yeah, she with? she suffers quite. She has suffered quite badly with anxiety and and uh, and depression over a number of years. And she manages it. And I'm aware of it. And I know what to look for. And I know the questions to ask. And when to leave her. And when to sort of run in and say, "I'm here. Yeah, yeah I can yeah, help. Be Come available. On. Let's. I can help you with this. Talk to me." So she's helped a lot in understanding it and. Uh, has helped me learn more about it and encouraged me to read certain things or um, talk to certain people about stuff. But yeah. It is all about management, really, isn't it? Totally. Did you know... What, when, when were you first made aware of mental health as, like, a thing? 
Do you know mm. what I mean? Like what, consciously. Yeah. yeah like it, well, I think if I look looking back, I remember my dad who suffers with depression still now because right. he very rarely sort of. Well, you don't really ever get over it. You have to manage it, don't you? Really, if you uh-huh. and, and I think so. My dad lost his job when he was uh, when he was fifty one. He was very he was a head teacher, so he was he was smashing it. He was an amazing teacher, but got ill. He just got very poorly. His heart was dodgy, and he suffered badly with stress and I guess anxiety. But then he when he had he, he couldn't work anymore, so he suddenly just was at home on a on a pension essentially. At 51, and that's not what his plan in life was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, I guess I was 17 or 18 at the time. Right. And I was just about to go to university. And I didn't know what that was, really. I just was like, oh, dad's a bit sad. But I was like, oh, you, but you can, you know, do anything you like. Now you're... Yeah, you just... You've just got no you've job. Got just, what yeah, like, what a dream. You've got no job, mate. It's yeah. like terrifying. And I didn't really understand it. And I don't think yeah. he even understood it. And no one really talked about depression. It was it was the mid-noughties. And it wasn't really a thing that no nobody really talked about it so much. Yeah. So openly. It'd be like so melancholy can, or something. Yeah. Oh, why are you sad? Yeah, why He's are you sad because he lost his job. Um, <laughs> but uh, I suppose that was the first real contact I had with with a, a mental health condition. But I suppose... So literally that term was used then, depression? No, it wasn't. That's what yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Right. So that the term, it, it wasn't used. And then uh, it wasn't until a few years later when we, when I probably started doing some work with some charities that I really realised it. So I guess within 20. the last four or five years. Oh. Probably. probably. Because yeah, I, I think... it's so... Yeah. It's mad, that's, that's mad to think about that. It is really. As well. But even, but we've been aware of that suicide stat for years yeah. as young men. Yeah. We know that, but we probably haven't, associ- I haven't associated that necessarily with mental illness or mental health, necessarily. Which yeah. is a weird thing to think about. Yeah. I uh, may it baffles me, genuinely. Mm. I mean, if I was to ask myself that question, actually, in hindsight, I don't. Well, uh, actually, I, I mean, if ADHD counts as something, I almost was the reason why I got diagnosed with ADHD because I was so bored in right. a computer class <laughs> that I looked up why I might be so bored in this computer class yeah. <laughs> and then read this whole thing and it was like if you are 24 of these 30 yeah. and I was like straight up 28 maybe 29 yeah <laughs> well how does it manifest itself sort of on a daily basis for, for me ADHD yeah um, I mean, you know what? I don't know. I think because that's something that so Bella's come theories. to me and said that she thinks she suffers with. Really, definitely a lot of the symptoms of it. I, I, it's, I mean, there's so much. There's still quite a lot of like development going on around what people even think it is. Mm. So, for example, the ADHD specialist who I was sent to because of a TV show I was doing, just as like a psychiatric mm. kind of thing, he told me like straight up it was neurological. Like you're born with it. But whereas there's this guy called Gabor Mate, who's like this really amazing progressive, I think like child psychologist slash psychiatrist. And he believes that it's, you're born with the propensity to, 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 to have ADHD or right. uh, something else, but it's triggered actually by your, the environment that you grow up in. Mm-hmm. But, and when he describes why he has ADHD, it's like re- identical to my upbringing. And right. I was like, oh, that's, you know, but I don't know, it manifests itself in various ways. Like I, I, I for a long time, and I'm finding ways to manage this now, you know, stuff like yoga when I can, I, mm-hmm. I, I make sure I exercise as much as possible. Getting up early. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and sober, all these other so things. So um, routine helps as well. 
I think as much as I hate to admit it, I think yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> like panning things. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I've, I've, I've had like organisational almost like dyslexia before. Like I can't, like I really struggle to, to, um, to I, like chaos is. I can only, I can understand chaos more than I can understand order. <laughs> and fail, like failure to complete tasks as yeah, well. To like really focus easily on distracted. Thing. Yeah, yeah, really easily distracted. Um, that's something I've been really, 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 really trying with recently to just breathe and work through the fear of that but yeah. I don't know I mean it's just a label in it but I think it, I think medication has helped me focus for sure but I've, since I've gone through various life changes I do feel as though it's had some kind of like if I managed it enough I might actually grow out of some of the things mm. that have held me back but I don't know it's up for debate <laughs> Um, it's very interesting though because the the medication thing I find interesting as as it's still very much a taboo thing. Like if you say that to some people, they'll go, "Oh, you're on mad pills," <laughs> and I think I think that's really? a, I definitely think that's a thing. And uh, uh, I keep talking about Bella, but she's uh, she, yeah, yeah. you should get her on this podcast. I mean, she's like right. she's a, actually down, a, a brilliant sort of uh, uh, mental health advocate. Advocate, yeah. But she talks quite a lot in her book about. Uh, the judgment that she faced from faces from people when when it was people, people she went out with or whatever that she had pills. medication she had medication there's a massive stigma around medication so there's a huge stigma around it still and, and actually she says there shouldn't be because they really help her and they really help regulate you only it. hear the you only really hear I think it's because if it hasn't worked for you you're more vocal yeah it's one of those things isn't it it's like if you're if you've done a run of antidepressants or something mm. and it's like maybe ruined your life yeah. or like you really struggle to get off them or yeah. you don't wean off them and then you just lose it you yeah know? and also sometimes they're they're given uh, they're mis, mis, uh, misdiagnosed. Mis, it's misdiagnosed all the time yeah, like so. I had to roll in America just chucking it out don't yeah. even have to have ADHD they're just yeah. giving you these speed pills do you know what I mean yeah, when yeah. I, that's how I really knew I had ADHD because I um, it, I'm a lot better now but I was unbelievably you'll remember this actually from in, <laughs> Rizzle Kicks like the kind of peak Rizzle Kicks days unbelievably impulsive like yeah. I, I honestly had yeah good interview though yeah I know <laughs> good but interview I, I, I had I I I I literally actually it's quite it's quite mad to think about in hindsight yeah. I had no I had no moment between thought and talking right like when I say no I mean like I actively would say something before even considering the idea of, and then when I took but, this Adderall in New York I suddenly was like able to decide <laughs> if I wanted to say something. But, but also, there's that that brilliant thing of sort of living with your condition or living yeah. with that living with that as that is your personality. Yeah. And there's always there's a weird sort of balance between that and making sure that you're healthy and that you're getting on with life and you're feeling fulfilled and the rest of it. But and also being yourself. True. Isn't there? There's that thing. Yeah. So, I someone mean, asked me a really interesting, weird question, and they're like, "Do you think living with anxiety?" actually benefits some people <laughs> and I, I I found the answer very difficult because I, you can't speak for any, for anybody really but it's it's an interesting one because can, I mean it, when I first went to therapy my, my therapist the, imagine this in my first session she said she said you know you sure you want to start <laughs> she was just like warning like you want to get into this you really want to get into wow. this just because I was very you know, like, yeah. No, I was just like, what are you going to say, you know? I was probably trying to already, like, mentally, like, oh, what, are you going to talk to me about my mum? My mum, oh, yeah, yeah, like, my mum and dad, yeah, I get it. And she was kind of like, you know, she said to me, anxiety is your petrol. Like, you live off this. This yeah. is how, she said, this is how you create. It's going to be very difficult for you. And literally, I've come out of it 
I had a year of writer's block after going, after being successful in therapy. Yeah, you're too, it's too like, blissful. Just because it was just how I'd, it was like the whole, uh, uh, but I don't think I'd swap it. No. Well, that's, that's I find that really interesting because that, that punctuates the point, which is it's about managing it and embracing it really, isn't it? And, and sort of, and, uh, and embracing your own, um, your own foibles as a human. Like yeah. How can you manage it and how can you make it work for you, I guess? Yeah. To a certain extent. No, I know. Like, I do get it. And, 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 you know, with some of the holistic stuff I've done, there are people, you know, like, no, ADHD is a, it's a gift, you know. You <laughs> have to no, medicate that. And uh, I think ultimately it's what works for everyone. I'm, I'm now in a personal space where I kind of take it as I will. I feel like it helps me on mm. occasional days. Whereas before, there were horrible phases where I was like, oh, my God, I haven't taken it. Yeah, like, I'm not, I yeah. can't function. And, uh, and the interesting thing is that everyone's different and nobody has worked out how to mend the brain or how to get into the brain. No, and no one... Well, we're working on it. It's all trauma stuff, you know? And, and, and when you're talking about your friends, you've just described community, which is like a massive aspect of... I, I think it underpins so many issues mm. in our society right now because we have kind of virtual communities. But that... Grounding, you know, there's an amazing author called Johan Harry. If you read his book called Lost Connections, and he 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 talks about his experience of antidepressants, but he more importantly speaks about the reality that genuinely the uh, psychiatrists involved in this process openly understand that it's not a cure in the slightest. They don't Mm. even they're not even suggesting it is Mm -hmm. a cure. So he went to try and understand the root of all this stuff, and he said that the conclusion he kind of draws from a lot of going around the world and speaking to a lot of people is that it's just a loss of connection. Like depression starts with, so for example, if you talk about someone losing a job. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You know, you have to find a way to fulfill that. Yeah. To to reconnect to purpose. So with your father, I think it would have been purpose in that moment. Mm -hmm. Or if I know sometimes I spend so much time focused on something or, or, you know, I don't know, that I I realised I need to just see a close mate. Mm -hmm. And even just seeing them. So it doesn't matter what you talk about. Well, it does matter. I mean, ideally something, you know. (laughs) But, 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 you know, the act of seeing it. So you're you're banging. You're right, it is the connections. And a lost connection, everything can can spiral out of control. And we, but the problem is, is that we live in 2019, which is just, it's too, there's too much going on. It's too noisy. I know. Yeah. And Um, also too disparate. Everything is... 
is is split up and divided and it's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to deal with there's a lot to process yeah i wonder what we'd do if we were told that we had a limit like if imagine if we were start the day and you're like right your mind's got four gigs <laughs> imagine yeah yeah, what, yeah. Like you, would you start? What would you start losing? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've got that app, app, haven't they, on the iPhone where you can do like a phone limit, time limit on the apps and stuff. Really? And I've tried that, but it's too easy to get in, get past it because it's like, <laughs> oh, you've done your fifteen minutes of allotted time on Instagram today. It's like put your password in, you get another hour, and so it's not quite right. It needs to. It needs to sort of self-destruct oh God, or something. See, you, know? you want some civic, You want some punishment? Yeah, it needs to go off. It needs to turn itself off or something. It needs to, or it needs to text your ex. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, it needs to have some sort of. Do you know what I mean? It does, doesn't it? It needs to have some sort of. That's incredible. Like, I've just got a new dog, and you have to train them. Oh, you train you have to them. Be firm. You have to be firm. You, you obviously you never harm an animal, but so you just no, you just say be, no. It's good to you, be firm. You do a no. And then you reward for good behavior. Yeah. So the only the way, way we will learn is by being punished for bad behavior. Brilliant. Like if I'm looking at Instagram too long, they should immediately we can, just dial. We can, we can take that dialing. audio out. We can take that audio, that exact section. The only way to learn in this world is be punished for bad behavior. Yeah. Um, love that. Uh, a way to escape, if not briefly, or reconnect to yourself, mm. to life, to other people is through music, which is something that, yeah. if anything, you hear too much of. Weirdly, I don't hear that much because we're doing that. We do <laughs> well. It's true. We don't. When we when I'm doing the show, I'm not really sitting and focusing on the lyrics so much because I'm having to plan the next bit or speak to the next caller or you just mute it, don't you? Think of a funny bit. Yeah, just put Radio Two on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but I think so. There. So when people are like, oh, don't you get sick of the same old songs? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But mainly, I'm I'm planning the next bit. But you are. Of course, a music lover. Yeah. And music is, I, I think everyone would agree, incredibly therapeutic. Yeah. So um, we did our first gig last year, Music for Mental Health, which was wicked. Uh, and we're going to do it again this year. I'm mm. to come down. Yeah, I'd love um, to. But I, w- I just wondered if there are any like songs or, or bands or artists that have, I say, maybe cemented a, a moment in time for you, or you mm. can't listen to because it's mm. difficult, or you know that some albums have been ruined or songs have been ruined. Yeah, there's nothing that's too difficult to listen to, I don't think. But um, I've got a really interesting relationship with music, I think, because my shows on Radio One have always been very entertainment focused, but I've always had a huge passion for music. But I almost see those two things as a bit separate in my head. And there's sometimes where I get to really shout about a new artist and and really go for it on the show. But I, I, I feel like I actually weirdly have a very, and I suppose everyone does, but it might sound weird for a radio presenter to have a very private relationship with music. Maybe that I don't, I don't necessarily get, to, I don't necessarily get to play absolutely everything that I love on, a, on an entertainment daytime show no, in the way that someone like a Hugh Stevens or, um, you know, even someone like Lauren Laverne or something would get to play. Well, it's that specialist, though, isn't it? Yeah, get to play a lot more of their of their stuff. Not to say that I dislike pop music because I love I love popular music, but um, the albums that are really special to me, the last Bon Iver record, I really was sort of like a was like therapy for me. That was that it? last one. Yeah, I, I I've always loved him. Anyway, I just think he's the most incredible artist I mean, his brain is just fascinating yeah he definitely doesn't understand his own brain no, he's but you can hear that in his music and i think 
he has such a great exploration of his ideas and he always collaborates with interesting people. I mean, him collaborating with Kanye on a, a number of occasions is, is, is amazing because if you listen back to his first record, you'd never in a million years go, oh, this guy who's done Skinny Love is going to end up yeah. on stage with, with Kanye at Glastonbury. Do you reckon the, he's, has he reckon got back in touch with Emma? <laughs> for Emma forever ago I've n- well maybe I'm sure Emma's um, I hope she's alright I hope she's okay I'm sure well I think she is fine I think that was the problem um, oh that yeah, <laughs> yeah so I think she's great but there's um, yeah so music like that was really because that, that came to me when I was it was just after a bad breakup and I'd met someone really amazing and new and we sort of we had a really amazing time together and that was the first time I thought Okay, I can repair myself after this sort of horrible breakup. Right. So that album came along. It tends to be a lot of breakups. So that, so break that came up. So Bonnie Vare's first album. No, the late the latest Sorry. album. Bonnie Vare's um, latest album came at a point where you were recovering from a breakup. Was it twenty twenty two a million? Isn't it the album? I can't remember what it's called now. I don't know. My f- I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm aware of his genius, but I don't. I'm, I'm not too mm. versed on his back catalogue. Yeah. So that that record's really. Um, was really brilliant sort of recently uh, anything old school anything from your childhood Dire Straits because my dad played it all the time really so Dire Straits the Beatles Eric Clapton Joan Armour Trading that sort of music was just in in the house the whole time uh-huh. so Dire Straits was a really whenever I hear Dire Straits uh, it all will always rhyme with my dad because he would always sing it around the house and then weirdly, he was he was ill again about two or three years ago. And um, this is a really weird story. I don't know if I've ever told this story. It's really odd. So he had he went and had to have open heart surgery. Whoa. Which is quite... It's hardcore. And it's literally invasive. Yeah. <laughs> so Could have been more. He had to have this. And he met... Um, this surgeon was called Frank Wells. It was a very eccentric old surgeon. He was like, Alan, what we're going to do is if we, uh, I'm going to chop you open, get in there, have a rummage around. Uh, if we can fix the valve, I will. If I can't fix it, I'll repair it. And I'll be listening to Dire Straits while I do it. And uh, if it goes a bit complicated, I'll put some Mozart on. Brilliant. And my dad was like, okay, cool. Well, good deal. Love Dire Straits. That's good. Nice. And there was a moment we were waiting. Um, he was having it done in uh, a hospital in uh, outside Cambridge, uh, a really amazing heart and lung hospital called Addenbrooke's. Shout out to Addenbrooke's. Shout out to Addenbrooke's. Save, save my dad. Yo. Um, and me and my mum were walking around, <laughs> walking around John Lewis, aimlessly panicking. Yeah. Like, we're waiting for, waiting like, for the phone call. We're waiting for the phone call. And the surgeon has said, we'll call you at about midday. If it's going to happen, you know, if, if, if everything's all right, yeah. if it's a bit later. Because there's, of know. course, a risk, massive risk. So we were in the the, the audio section of uh, of John Lewis and Dire Straits' Walk of Life was on. Right. One of the speakers. Right. And at that moment, my mum's phone rang. No. And it was the surgeon saying, hello, uh, just let you know, Alan's absolutely fine, he's a bit woozy. But wow. uh, he's done well, we've sewn him up, we've repaired the valve and you can come and see him at four. And it it was just one of those very weird, very weird it's moments. Like universe not And I filmed. I went back because I saw my mum and, and she was like, "Come on, come on, come on. I went back to the speaker and filmed it just to prove that that moment had happened. Uh, had happened. It was very, very weird. Oh, very strange. Wow. I love. I mean, Dire Straits are quite a popular old band, but still, yeah, the, but the coincidence the timing, is real and weird. It's the timing. Yeah. 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 Like, I've always felt like that's the universe just giving you like a little, yeah, 
So I was, th- I was very thankful for that. And anything like Van Morrison as well, he used to sing that quite a lot. So those sorts of old records definitely were quite important to me. Wicked. I feel that. Um, would you say you're, you're experiencing your, your best period of mental well-being? Mm. You are? I would, yeah. So what would be your worst, do you think? The worst is when you lose perspective and, uh, and you can't focus on just... Well, when did that happen? When, when you get too... I think it's when you get too... When I get too introverted and when I get too self-obsessed, I think. And I, th- and I actually... I'd say relationships have been the thing that have consumed me the most. And that's why it was such a relief to meet someone like Bella at the time I have done where I feel more complete as a human. Yeah. And I feel like I can actually help and that be better to the people around me and focus less on myself weirdly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And therefore by doing that everyone rises up yeah, you know what course. I mean? But there was definitely a few periods of my life where I just I think just through your 20s you're you're a mess when you're in your 20s yeah. and not enough people say that yes, you're you going to be a fucking mess and yeah. a nightmare and you're going to make loads of mistakes and you might look like a grown up but you're essentially still 14 and you don't know what you're doing you shouldn't be given uh, a, you know, you shouldn't be given all this responsibility. It's true. I, I do. Th- How old are you now? <laughs> I'm 27. 27. No, but you're, you're, you're coming you're, out of it. You're totally you're right. Out no, no, you don't have to make up for it. I'm, I, I, I am. I forgot I, how horribly young you are. No, I, but, I, I agree. I agree with you. You don't get told that, and it's painful. Mm, it really is painful. But then the flip side of that is you have to go through you have to. shit to realise what's great and, and what growth. and work out what's important to you eventually. And hopefully I will stay in this mindset for as long as I possibly can. That yeah. um, I feel that, that as life goes on, I become less important in my own life, if you know what I mean. Which I, is great. The other people are much better. And that was reflected in my work as well. When I realised on the radio that how could I possibly have better stories than the several million people who listen to the yeah, show yeah, yeah. Like how how dare I think that I was the funniest person possible yeah. you know what I mean like there are, I mean I have my moments yeah. but do you, I am the orchestrator of that show yeah. I bring in people I bring in a great guest and I go tell your story do uh, your bit uh, I know what you're and then suddenly that's that's been reflected in my actual life as well so I've just got better with that and I think I just became completely self-obsessed as you tend to when you're in your 20s and like, oh, the, nothing's going right for me. This girl doesn't fancy me. Why has yeah. this, this gone tits up? Why is that? Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly it's all woe is me. It's like stick Bonavera on and wallow a little bit. But maybe you have to go through that. Maybe that's maybe that is it. But I feel like now, at the ripe old age of 33, I feel sort of as fearless that as I... That is a ripe age. It's a good age, I think. Mate, I've always thought 35 mm. is when I'm really going to start understanding things. Yeah, but <laughs> I, but weirdly, but I feel sort of younger and more connected to my fearless 18-year-old self uh-huh. that just wanted to be on the radio, you know, and I just didn't think I wouldn't be. And yes. I lost that. I lost yes. that for a bit in my 20s. Yes, you do lose that mm. because you start doubting. Mm. And doubt is... Scary. It's horrible. It's a. Uh, it eats. It eats away. At and you. then it starts to make. It starts to make like conspiracies. Mm. It goes well. Clearly, since you did this, this means that. Yeah. And that's why that's that. And you're just kind of in an endless pit of suffering. But also, it's, it's important to say to any of your listeners that your 33 might come when you're 43, or it might have already happened when you're 27. Or, but I, I just. It's wave-like. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. It's definitely wave-like, and and. 
Yeah, all I know is that uh, my major lesson so far at 27, going through this stuff, going through a lot of self-doubt, made some mis- some big mistakes, made some, tried to make amends, tried to believe in myself, not believe, you know, all that kind of stuff is that patience seems to underpin all of it for me. And I just think time feels hmm. different. Time feels, time feels a little... Time and, and you know what and I'm I'm really working on just shifting comparison and stuff. It's just needless, needless mm. energy. When when you can actually just look at your life, ground yourself. There's like five tent poles, you know. Mm-hmm. This is what I find interesting, and I don't know if I'm not sure if I've said so much. Um, there's five tent poles that benefit everyone, which is like sleep, nutrition, <laughs> um, sleep, nutrition, community, exercise. Wait, what's the fifth one? Love. Music. Wait, sleep nutrition. I've got on a five tempo. <laughs> oh, 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 nature, 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 nature. nature, nature. Yeah. So, like, yeah. so, and and it's like those. Honestly, I think if anyone puts them in place, yeah, that's it. Then you can just things might not in the material world. It might not become instantly what you want, but mm-hmm. over a period of time, it will. Yeah. So I'm gonna just rattle through a couple of things Please. with you. So, um, real quick, what's your favorite color? Blue. Why? Stores likes it. Which kind of blue? Like a a, a dark, uh, like a, a deep royally blue, almost like a green, so a greeny blue. Or turquoise, you're talking about. Or you're talking about duck egg blue, uh, uh, <laughs> Duck egg blue. Yeah. Someone's been painting their house. Listen, I have, I have <laughs> colour charts. No, I'd actually say a greeny blue. I'd say a teal. A, a teal. Yes. A teal. Nice, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, what about, any reason, by the way? Any reason for the blue? No, not particularly. What's your favourite shape? I don't know. I don't think I've got a favourite shape. It can Maybe. be. You can open it up. I mean, you're a writer. Come on, let's get metaphorical. What's okay. your shape? Is it? Is it the? Is it when the clock strikes eleven p.m. and you're ready for party time? Is that a favourite shape? <laughs> I think. I, I, uh, anything that's sort. I quite like. Sort of. I draw joint jaunty angles. If I'm when I'm concentrating. Right. On the show, I quite like straight lines and jaunty. Offshoots and nice. stuff. So I, my doodle would be, so like a mad jaunty angle shape would be my would be my doodle. Beautiful. Which is maybe trying where that's maybe where my brain's going when I'm doing the show. Yeah, maybe just connecting yeah. dots. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I would love to to speak to you about this in. My, I think we talk well. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I, I'm, the I, irony I'm of that sentence. It. I think we talk good, so we are having good chat. No, I do. I, I've really enjoyed it, and you clearly have. It's a quiet. Your energy's brilliant, and you, it's very inspiring. That the kind of the shift and the, oh, the movements you've taken in your career. Um, we haven't even touched upon you as a as a writer, which is something that um, I think is brilliant and as much writing as possible, really. Uh, you know what I mean? Books but, and that. I don't want books to... Books yeah, are important. The just, word is I, important. It, just anything that really brings people together, isn't it? I think that's what I've learned, the power of radio and, do it, and writing books and things that focus people and bring people together. Yeah. It's like a share. It's a shared... It's a commu- it's, again, it's community, isn't it? We're trying to launch like, a, a book club, actually. Amazing. So, yeah, we'll let you know about that. Um, and also anything to sort of... My big thing is demystifying... All the shit that you hear about. Yeah. It's like doing a radio show is hard work, but it's not impossible to do. Yeah. Like that's an achievable job yeah. that people can do. Writing a book, again, is might seem daunting. It's an achievable thing yeah. that people can do. It's like it's uh 
it's a great thing that you can do with your brain and it shouldn't it shouldn't ever feel like well now I'm going to write a book and how do I do that sit in the cafe tortured and do I how do I find words words are my tools actually just fucking do it there's a there's a lot of argument to say that if you if you've got a bit of a passion you go just do it man you're you're a long time dead (laughs) it's true my catchphrase that Bella always says back to me is oh come on I've got time for that we'll be dead soon and I, I keep that in my it's head. Just, it's just positive, isn't it? No, but it is positive. <laughs> Deep down, oh, come on, we'll be dead soon, is positive because it means get up and do it today. <laughs> um, anything anything else you'd like you to out. say? I bleed you out. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Listen, impending doom is brilliant. So yeah. just let me let me know what what would you say um, to, to your listeners, fans, um, people who jump on this podcast because it does... It gets some wicked messages for this podcast. It it, it really bet. is great. It's very, yeah. Um, so it really will sit with some people. So is there anything that you can say to anyone who might be, I don't know, struggling or like not, uh, you know, what would you say? That that people that you that everyone feels lost, and that uh, and that nobody really has got it cracked, and no matter how outwardly positive someone might look or sound or whatever no, no one has really got it nailed and everyone goes through their own version of what you're going through I think that's important to know and that uh, yeah, it's totally. important to, to reach out to people and my, that might be your mate just to be like I'm feeling really sad or I'm really struggling at work or I think I'm in an emotionally abusive relationship or whatever it might be I've literally just come off the phone with one of my best mates who has just He's, old, he's a bit older than me, and I always thought, I always looked up to him, he's an old schoolmate of mine, I always looked up to him as like the sorted guy. And he's just literally just been on the phone to me, just, and he's just described the fact that he's in an emotionally abusive relationship. And he didn't realise. And I was like, that, get rid. This yeah. is, it, it, and it sometimes, uh, it creeps up on people. So just give yourself a break, is what I'd say. As well. That's a massive one. Don't feel like you should be anything at any but age. But don't necessarily have a Kit Kat because, you know, nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm afraid of a Kit Kat. Yeah. I was the voice of Kit Kat once. Don't lie. Yeah, for one for one year and then they sacked me. Really? Yeah. How do you eat a Kit Kat? Do you break it in half? Yeah, of course, I'm a monster. I mean, I've seen people do it. I've seen people you, take a four. What, and eat it like that? Yeah. No. I know. I hope, you, dis- the, I hope you disassociate yourself with those people. I dissociate with them because, you know, nutrition is important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, take, I do. T- uh, and also, one final thing, take your time with a Kit Kat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, have, honestly, have I have, I've, dis- I've tried to distance myself from sugary snacks. Good. But I am a stickler for sweet and salted popcorn. Oh, it's nice, though. So it's kind of exactly what I... No, but it's like it's a limited... <laughs> you like it because <laughs> no, it confuses you. No, you do, cause no, it because it confuses your like, senses. It's thinly layered in mm. sugar. It feels like I'm less, you know? I feel like it's nutritious. I'll be like, no, it's popcorn. It's like yeah. 80% air. <laughs> um, all right, great. That, that's, that's what I would say. And, and no, that's genuinely, what you just said was fucking great. That was fucking great. I'm pretty sure we're going to actually edit that down, send it to you as a clip, and hope that you share it on your socials. Of course I'll share it. But yeah, also, you can't talk about profit, this stuff like. enough. You, Mate. You, you can't. You, you need to. You need to find those champions in your life that will that will make you feel better. Like surround yourself with good people. Yeah, is the other thing. And um, and you can't go too far wrong. Can't be kind. Fucking hell. Be kind. And and read. And read. Which is really hard for some people. I find it really difficult. Mm-hmm. But the feeling when I get into a book is like I can't even explain it. Audiobooks are great. Yeah. Anything that you can escape with is nice. That that you can And reflect with. And also just and read about things that you wouldn't normally read about. It's something that I've learned as I've got older. 
Mm. Listen to Radio 4 a little bit. Really? Or, just for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> no, just, I actually love Radio 4. No, but I, I would have thought that at one point. You're like, just a little bit. Just listen to something. Listen to a podcast that you wouldn't normally listen to because you'll probably learn something. Yeah, it's really important, especially in these current times, to, yeah, to, to, to try and gain as much of a diverse opinion mm. or a diverse outlook, rather than even opinion, perspective. One of the most... I'll, I'll stop talking in a minute, but one no, of, one of the it. most interesting things uh, of, 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 of my recent life. So... Uh, to talk about my wonderful wife again. Can you tell that I'm obsessed with her? It's um, great. It's her it's dad used to be the editor of the Guardian, and I, when I met him, I was I asked him a lot of a lot of questions about stuff. But he, uh, the thing I learned about from him is that he reads every paper every day, and he will just to get the broad outlook on stuff. Right. And that's quite a good lesson and quite a good message that you don't shouldn't just read the thing that you're into. Yeah, like, know what the son's talking about. Know why the Guardians does, does their thing. What what you know? What's the Mirror saying? What's the Times saying? Like all of that stuff is quite important. I'm not sure I advocate for that now. I can't lie to you. But it's not necessarily <laughs> just, not just the newspapers thing. But like I know every, what you're saying. It's, it's, it's the it's the message that carries, is, which is yeah. that don't be afraid mm. to look at something in contrast to how you feel. Yeah, yeah. And feel empowered enough to decide whether yeah. or not that is actually a mass. That's a, a big point. Is to have the you you can choose not to engage with something. It doesn't mean you have to be annoyed that it exists. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. totally. You, you don't have to you don't have to love Justin Bieber, but it's good to know what he's on about. Yeah, a lot of people like, and you want to have, understand the world a bit more. Yeah, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll be more confused. <laughs> no, you're right. No, you're right. You and I think you. It just. Don't yeah. shut yourself off to anything. Knowledge is power. Yeah, knowledge is power. Anyway, I'll get, I'll get um, out of it now. But also power is essentially not something we need to create a sense of dominion with. <laughs> power is actually... Your own about, power. It's all about being powerful, yeah, I'd exactly. say. You know, there's a difference between power and powerful. Yeah. Because power, I think, is relative. <laughs> I think we peaked at the Kit Kats. I hope they did we that did, last year. All right, awesome. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Love you loads, mate. Thanks, mate. Nice <laughs> to see you. You too. <laughs> up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Powered by Spirit Studios.